Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we're thrilled to have you here tonight. We should have an epic debate. I'm the stand-in speaker for James tonight. And tonight's topic is Evolution Evidence for God. Wayne will be taking the affirmative and T-Jump the negative. Each of the speaker's links are linked below. So I I recommend everyone check that out. And um, we'll have a, a brief introduction. We'll get right into it. So... Um, T-Jump, do you want to give a brief introduction of yourself, what you're trying to achieve in your channel, or what you're up to? My name is Standing for Truth. I argue for creationism and that intelligent design is a real thing and totally not a fiction. And that's what I do <laughs> in my channel. Awesome! What's up, SFT? <laughs> and uh, Wayne Fillmore, if you want to give a brief introduction, that'd be great as well. Up a little laggy there. All right, can you hear me? Yeah. A little. All right, how about now? All right, perfect. So I'm Wayne. Uh, I am uh, uh, evolutionary creationist, uh, not traditional creationist in the sense. Um, definitely don't believe in uh, intelligent design. That definitely uh, doesn't work. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a guest author for BioLogos. Uh, I'm good friends with Hugh Ross, uh, RTB, that chapter. Um, I am a former science teacher, uh, love teaching science, love physics, and uh, I, I like explaining to people that um, you can be religious and you can believe in God and you can also accept science. Um, being religious doesn't mean that you have to be stupid. So that's uh, that's uh, what I'm all about. And uh, I'm happy to be here um, once again. And uh, let's have a good discussion. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And I appreciate your inter- introduction there. So, Wayne, you have um, a brief opening just to give your position for Tom, and then we'll go right into an open discussion for the rest of the time. And on your word, um, the floor is yours. Okay. So, um, the topic of the discussion is uh, ev- evolution evidence for a guy, which I didn't necessarily pick, but hey, it is what it is. Um when it comes to evolution, people usually have uh, two positions, right? We usually see these two 
um, arguments take place. We have the creationists uh, who always say that evolution uh, doesn't exist. Evolution isn't real. Uh, only microevolution is a real process, which there is no distinction between microevolution and macroevolution. They're one in the same thing. Um, then you have the atheist who says that no, evolution definitely is real. Evolution definitely does exist. Therefore, um, God doesn't exist also, which both are pretty extreme positions. Evolution has nothing to do with God or gods or religion. Evolution is simply a process that explains how organisms have changed over time. However, there can be uh, a philosophical framework around why evolution works the way it is. I mean, is it is it purpose, uh, purposelessness uh, or uh, is there a teleology behind it? And so um, I have the philosophical uh, framework that God didn't just guide evolution because evolution is still going on today. God continuously guides evolution, holds evolution together. And um, it is God who uh, basically wound up the clock and let evolution play out. So us humans and also other organisms that come after us humans uh, arrived on the scene today. Uh, not sure how T-Jump is going to uh, handle this or respond to this, but this is uh, what I'm arguing. This is what I believe. Um, and I don't, I, I will say, I'm not trying to prove it in the in the mathematical framework of things. Uh, I do think there are evidences for it. There are arguments for it, but I wouldn't dare say I have 100% proof. I don't think anybody has 100% proof of anything uh, outside of mathematics. So that's my position. That's what I'm arguing. And uh, T-Jump, you had the floor. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that evolution has nothing to do with God or not God. I mean, yeah, I agree. Evolution doesn't tell us anything one way or the other. So it's not evidence for God any more than look at the trees. Um, the fact there is something there does not mean there is or isn't a God one way or the other. Uh you said you didn't pick the topic. I, I just kind of went with whatever James picked. What was the topic you were you originally suggested? It was kind of similar. It was something like, do I even remember? I don't even think I remember. But James James changed the topic, so we're, we're here. Hey, this, this is where we're at, <laughs> pretty right. much. Um, yeah, so evolution is definitely not evidence of a God. If God is guiding evolution, that means God created COVID. God created viruses. God created all those things that kill people. And God created the problems with our teeth that most humans died because of ingrown teeth at one point uh god created the the misused parts of animals that are just there for no reason now that god created those apparently for some reason you know they're not there for a reason so it doesn't really make any sense that god got an evolution it seems like a completely random process which is why there's so many mistakes and why things evolve and die like 99 percent of creatures evolve and die because that's how evolution works natural selection you have a bunch of random mutations lots of most lots of them are bad most of them are neutral some of them are good the bad ones cause you to die and so if god's doing this by design then he's horribly immoral because he just designed a whole bunch of creatures to just die because they're insufficient uh, at whatever at living so clearly this is not evidence of a god at least definitely not a good one um, could be evidence of an evil god who just wants to torture things for fun but definitely not a good god so no evolution is not evidence of a god so <clears throat> with that being the case um yeah, that's pretty much the same argument a younger creationist would 
argue against me. They would say there's no way that God used evolution or got evolution because evolution is a painful process and it causes animals to die. That, that's very younger creationist of you. Um, you know, the younger but, creationists actually steal the scientists' arguments for every position they don't hold, and then they just reject the scientists' arguments for their own position. So it's really just the scientific argument. Well, I, I wouldn't say that's a scientific argument as much as a philosophical when you talk about like morality and God. What I will say is, um, just so obviously evolution isn't perfect, right? Nothing in nothing in in this universe is is, is perfect, but it. I will say something can be optimal. You can use evolution, which is a process that, that causes things to die for the better good. Um, like, for example, I mean, we're using fossil fuels and, and oils and, and uh, all types of things from things that die in the past. Um, you know, for, that's working out great for us, too. Yeah, that's amazing. No, um, climate, climate <laughs> change is probably going to climate change is probably what's going to destroy the planet. One of the top 10 contenders. So fossil fuels are not necessarily a good thing. Uh, when you bring up this idea that you can use a bad thing for something better, that only applies if you're not all powerful. If you're all powerful, then no, you can't because you can just do the good thing. There's no excuse to do the use the bad thing to do the good thing if you literally are all powerful can just do the good thing. So the only reason we're allowed to do things like fossil fuels and uh, take advantage of bad things is because we are limited in our power and couldn't do otherwise. So it's justified to use those bad things. But it's not good. It's not optimal. Like we just don't have all power. Well, it's it's the greatest possible good that we can do, <clears throat> which right. is, which which isn't a bad thing. Um, but what with that being the case, um, you, you said evolution is a random purpose. Uh, it's a random process, and is uh, people usually? Why is my email coming out? Hold on, give me one minute. People usually let me click on this. People usually conflate um, randomness with therefore no purpose. That's not true. Something can be random and it can it can it can have a purpose to it. Uh, there was a colleague of BioLogos. She had a computer design and she wanted the leaves on a tree to fall more naturally, more randomly. And so she purposely created this computer design, this computer program, so these leaves could randomly fall off. Uh, the Monte Carlo algorithm on Wall Street. I actually trade when I'm not doing stuff like this. The Monte Carlo algorithm on Wall Street purposely is random, purposely changes again and again so people can't change, so people can't cheat the stock market. So you can have random things, uh, algorithms, uh, patterns, things like that in nature. We, we actually use uh, evolutionary yeah, random. I, I totally so agree. Computer like, software. I, I totally agree. We can definitely make casinos that are totally random with a small percent difference to make lots of money. Yes, we can do, we can create design random things. Sure. But that isn't an evidence for God. So the fact that God could make non-random things or random things means that God could make anything and there's no way to differentiate which one's made by God, which one's not made by God. So God could make anything, sure. So just like we can, okay? That's not evidence. Sure, yeah. God, God can make anything, everything, whatever the case may be. But what, what, what I'm arguing is based, based on how these evolutionary mechanisms work, I... Uh, Number one, I will say evolution is a very intelligent process. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not like this, uh, and, and, and let alone the, the entire universe is, is very uh, interesting, I will say. But when you look at the process of evolution, it's a, evolution is rather a very intelligent design. I mean, it, it, it works through, you, you know, um, speciation and allopatric speciation and, and things like that. Um, I mean, that alone is just, it's, it's amazing, right? But well, not really. I mean, it's just 
there's random mutations in the genes, which are totally not amazing. And then they kill most of the animals if they make any change at all. Most of them don't make any change at all. And then the good ones happen to survive. Like, there's nothing intelligent about this. It's just if you throw a bunch of paints on a piece of paper, the ones that go down, like going downhill, are going to be the ones that are going to, where the paint's going to flow the farthest. So this is not intelligent or amazing. It's just gravity. So there's nothing amazing about uh, evolution is just like paint rolling down a hill. Of course, it's going to go down the, the fastest route, just like evolution does. If you have bad mutations, you die. If you have non-changing mutations, you just stay the same. And if you have good mutations, you get better and you survive and thrive. So it's just a random dumping of paint, essentially. And then the ones that go the farthest are the ones that survive. It's not really intelligence there. It's not nothing intelligent about it. Well, you conflated the fact with the with with the philosophy, so that that definitely is true. I mean, you, you know, like there can be paint thrown at the wall, but I mean, the fact that there's a person doing it intentionally, like for example, we have we have abstract arts. There are, there are art that's per, is purposely random. Um, so it I mean it, it doesn't mean no teleology is behind it. Yeah, but it also doesn't mean there is teleology. So that isn't uh -huh. support your claim. For it to be evidence of a god, you have to say there is teleology. So if it's could be is not evidence. Well, it could be a magical leprechaun that did it. That's not evidence of the magical leprechaun. Sure, but I'm I mean I'm not arguing for a magical leprechaun either. So that's neither here nor there. But with 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 that being the case, I will say um e even the way how humans evolved, even even the way how I, I do believe that humans definitely did to evolve to believe in God, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, the thing that differentiates us from the other animals, of course, is our intelligence. Um, Aristotle said that man is the rational animal. And I, 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 I will contend and I will say, um, I think the purpose of, of this evolutionary process was for us to get up to this point to where we can uh, finally no God, so we can finally evolve, so we can believe in a God. Um, we, we look in the past and there is evidence of our ancestors. They used to bury their dead in a religious fashion. They believed in God. Um, I think it's very human to believe in God. Um, Evolution also and, evolved to give us delusions, hallucinations, fallacies, biases of thousands of different kinds because it happened to be beneficial to survival for some reasons. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to say we evolved for belief in God, especially since we're going to lose it pretty rapidly. The fastest growing religion is non-religious. Um, so the fact that most of human history, I think hundred thousand years, there was no belief in God. And then belief in God came about maybe about 50,000 years ago, uh, at the earliest, and it's going mm -hmm. to go away. And at least probably only in the next 10, 10 to 15,000 years, there's not going to be any more belief in God. So it seems very strange that, that humanity evolution was designed for this one strange belief that really doesn't have anything to do with the rest of life and seems far more likely that evolution happened to keep things alive because of entropy since that's like literally what it does um it doesn't make any sense to say it was designed for strange god beliefs uh especially since they're so wrong and proven wrong consistently well i'm, I'm not arguing for strange god beliefs necessarily i'm, I'm, I'm arguing for for the god i, I believe in so that, that's, that's kind of neither that's a strange god belief. But, well no, I'm not arguing for the the rest of those other beliefs, but all in all, in all, like, as far as as far as theism, we definitely did believe, so we can we can believe in God. Do, do you do you accept that? Is is that something we can agree on? Accept what? Do you accept that humans evolved to believe in God? 
yes, we evolved and to believe in God in the same way we evolved to have hallucinations and delusions and fallacies and biases. In the same way that we evolved so we can use mathematics so we can use physics and science and make airplanes. Uh, no. Yeah, it's the same way. Humans, I mean, everything that we have as far as in, 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 in our uh, intelligent capacity, we got it because of evolution. Right. And some things are good and beneficial in certain cases and some things are not. So mm -hmm. if it's a fallacy or a biasy or a delusion, that means we have some imagination thing in our imagination that does not correspond to reality. And there are certain things like math and logic which do correspond to reality. And so those are not analogous. Saying that you have a hallucination and that's the same as math is not the case. Like we evolved eyes to so see. Are you saying so that there's we... a difference between the things we can see that are actually there and the things we can see which are not actually there, which are the delusions and hallucinations. Those are two different categories. So are you saying that believing in God is a delusion? Yes, pretty much. Okay. Could you prove that? Do you have, do you have any experimentation to demonstrate sure. this? It's pretty easy. It's uh, everything is imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. So if you want to assert an explanation, you have to demonstrate that it has some evidence to support it's not imaginary. And if you can't, then we, you know, we can conclude rationally that it's imaginary. If you could, if you could demonstrate that right now, you could win a Nobel Peace Prize and change the world. You could actually demonstrate that numbers are independent of the human mind. You could, I mean, you could change the world. What? You could change the world. You, like, you the consensus it. in philosophy and every academic science is essentially what I just said. Like no one, no one, no one really accepts God in any of those fields. So I, they already know this, but I'm not sure. Prove numbers. I didn't say anything about numbers. I have no idea what you're saying. No, but what you what you just said corresponded with what I just said. And you can't prove you can't prove what you say. I mean, like you're 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 spying off, like, and you really believe this, but what you can't you can't prove it. Prove prove that you, you can't prove imaginary that you said about like three sentences before. That Man, you were imaginary. Talking. I can prove things are imaginary. I'm imagining a unicorn, and it does not exist in front of me. That is there. No, you you said something to the fact that you can't demonstrate something to be. Oh, for the people watching, you guys can play that back. Uh, I said that things are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Mm -hmm. Was that it? Was that the sentence or is it a different there you thing? Go, there you go. Things are imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Right. Um, not, not necessarily the case. We, so numbers themselves are imaginary, like one, two, three, like those are, yes. those in, in, in a sense are imaginary, but are numbers yes. of human thought. No. Fairly. No, no. Numbers are just imaginary. It's math is a language invented by humans to describe reality. So reality exists independent of humans. Math doesn't. Math is just like English. Math has sentences that are correspond to reality, like one plus one equals two. They have sentences that do not correspond to reality, like E equals MC squared times 37, like doesn't correspond to reality. And it has sentences that are self-contradictory, like uh, one plus one equals seven, and just like English. So English has sentences that correspond to reality. I am a human. It has sentences that do not correspond to reality. I am a space leprechaun, and it has sentences that are self-contradictory. I am a married bachelor. Like it's just a language. Math doesn't inherently correspond to reality. Only some versions of math do, which is exactly why Einstein said something like, "So far as math is certain, it does not apply to reality, and so far as it applies to reality, it is not certain." So no, math is just a language, like English. Nothing is invented by humans. Math is a language that corresponds with reality, and so we're we're taking real things that we do see in reality, and we're writing them in the form of language. But, but just like English, yes, yeah, just, just like English. But we but we 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 need something first to grasp, which is reality. Re reality is objective, whether, whether whether you believe in it or not. Reality is objective. I agree. Reality. Whether you believe in it or not. So 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 the fact that once again, I'm I'm going to go back to because we're, we're kind of getting off a topic, but. 
humans evolved to believe in God. Now, is it is it beneficial or is it not beneficial? You think it's not beneficial. Well, I, I think it was definitely beneficial. It's beneficial to lots of societies. Why does that? So is so are delusions. Delusions are very beneficial for lots of people. Why does that mean they're true? Like that, evolution, um, evolution evolved to have us have lots of different biases and fallacies and illusion, type one and type two errors. Like a type one and type two errors, like if we hear a rustle in the grass and we think it's a lion, we run away. And so if it was a lion, we survive. But if we hear a rustle in the grass, it's like that's probably the wind. And but if it was a lion, we die. And so the people who think it's a lion and run away survive, even if it was just the wind. So we have this delusion to think uh -huh. there's agency in things, even when there's not, because it was beneficial to survival. That is a delusion. It is wrong. It is not correspondent to reality, but it does lead to um, survivability. So the fact that assuming that it was beneficial, just because it was beneficial, therefore it's true, is obviously false. There are lots of false things that are beneficial. Sure, I'm I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, that, that's uh, evolutionary psychology, sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that God itself is a delusion. I, and, and that's something that I hear a lot from a lot of people, not, not just yourself. Um, but with that being the case, right? So you, you're saying that, that why, so you're saying that belief in God is a delusion. That is a new one. Um, I will say the only way we, 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 we would ever necessarily know if God exists is if this God somehow revealed itself to people, which that's, that's a whole nother debate. But that's why I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because I, I believe God did reveal himself to people, one, through nature, and two, through the person of Jesus Christ. But when you look at the universe, when you, well, not just the when you, when you look at evolution, evolution has a lot of characteristics that, um, that are, well, before I even go into that, um, I'm, go I'm going to go into this, um, which is going, to, is going to seem like it doesn't relate, but it does. Do you know how to analyze crime scenes? TJ, how to analyze crime scenes uh, somewhat, not, not well. Okay. Not well. Okay. So I'm, you, you live in a house or apartment or whatever the case may be. You have a room. So I have a box I, I live in a cardboard box. Well, sounds sexy, but, um, <laughs> so you live in a cardboard box. All right. So I, I'm, I'm going to say praise praise has a room and we could probably go in his room and we can tell a lot of things about praise, about the things he probably has in his room. We can look at, we can look around the room and we can see what he, what praise sure. part, like that pink rabbit is very telling praise. Like we can tell, like strange <laughs> predators there. Wow. Um. So we can look around the room and we can see what praise is like. We can see what makes him tick. We can see. Oh, praise likes to read his Bible. Uh. Maybe praise. Are you a gun owner? Are you a gun owner? Gun owner praise. Absolutely. I I kind of knew that. So you're you're probably from the south. Um. <laughs> Pretty much Oklahoma <laughs> Central. Yeah. Yep. So um. You can look in his room and you can tell characteristics about this person from things inside the box, which by that, that's an actual real detective game inside the box. Um, so when we look at evolution, there are certain things we can look at evolution that could tell us about nature or could necessarily tell us about this 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 God, if you want to go down that road. Now, my belief is that like what? Well, it's it's very airy to me how um some Christians, they believe the universe was made through long epochs of time, you know, seven epochs of time. And evolution works in this epoch stage as well, where evolution works over over millions of years, long epochs. Uh, the universe was created over long epochs. 
And what do you know? There's um, obviously creation story, creation stories, multiple creation stories. Well, you said that God. there's something in DNA that we can see that's like a room. And if we look at the room, we can make inferences about the person who lives in the room. Not, not, well, not in DNA. I'm talking about just evolution itself. That's that's more like intelligence. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so in evolution itself, what is it about evolution that are the things in the room that we can see? Well, ev evolution works over these long periods of time. And so uh, like uh, 13.8 billion years to create the universe, uh, 4 billion years to create the planet. Um, what that's else? That's not evolution. That's that's just cosmology. So no, 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 no. But, but, but I'm, I'm zooming out and looking at the bigger picture. So look, look, looking at the bigger, bigger picture of things, it seems like if, if, if the, if the, whatever creative force you're talking about, whether it's God or whatever the case may be, that this creative force, it seems to work over long epochs of time. Now I'm, I'm relating that to, oh, wow. There are also creation stories in theistic belief where God or gods, um, create the universe over long epochs of time. And is 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 it's, it's not proof, but it's telling. It, evidence can point in a certain direction. And so I'm saying the evidence points to, wow, this... Wait, so, so you're saying that there are stories that say God created things a long time ago, mm -hmm. and the universe is really old, therefore that's evidence that the God, that this is, the God is real? No, when, when you say, when you say evidence, are you positing that evidence proves something? No, like, evidence is just something that shows one, or that indicates a belief is more likely true than false. There, prove. So what, what 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 I'm saying is this is evidence that uh, these creation uh, and and they're mythos, right? They're mythos. Wait, so um, so so your evidence is is that there are stories that the world is really old and the world is really old. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that's evidence the stories are true. No. So what I'm saying is there are stories that God works in long periods of time, long stages. And when we when we independently look out at the universe and we see how old the universe is, because the universe definitely isn't five thousand, six thousand years old. The universe is older than that. It seems like the the characteristics match right this guy in the same way that when I look into Praise's room, he has a gun, he has a Bible. So I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, this guy is probably from uh, Oklahoma. Uh okay, so let's say we're reading Harry Potter and it describes King King's Cross Station, the the train station. And it says, "Well, there's there's this many beams and there's these kinds of trains, etc." And if we go, it's like, "Oh look, there's King's Cross Station. It has all those things are exactly true." Does that mean Harry Potter is true? Is that evidence that Harry Potter is true? No, but we also know that J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry well, Potter. Right. We can we can just pretend we picked up a Harry Potter book. We've never seen it before, and it's just there. Uh, on the ground we don't know who rooted it or whatever and we read it, it's just we all it's like all blocked out except for like certain parts like magic and stuff and it says here are the description of king's cross station so we go to king's cross station and oh look the description is right is that evidence that harry potter is true no but we also know we like like we know that harry potter was not is not a historical text it wasn't written that way but also also i mean that, that doesn't help again that doesn't it doesn't make any difference at all whether we know it's a historical text or not the point is is that there are words in the book a story and some of the words correspond to reality like for example but what, but what genre is the book though the, the harry potter the, the genre is, is fictional matter. obviously genre doesn't matter so we have books. Does, definitely does matter because i can literally just give you copies of historical documents from ancient rome where they give you the the actual descriptions of the cities and they have these legends involved where there's the romulus and remus which is the foundation of rome so every historical document in history includes myths and legends and miracles and magics up until 
recent history. So we can pick any historical document you want. We can pick any description of any city you want. And they're going to get it right. Is that evidence that all of the miracles and magic and mythical creatures they describe actually exist too? So that's not, so that's not what I'm arguing. You're, you're going on. No, a no, this is my argument. This isn't your argument. This is my argument. Yeah, so but my that, argument is, that's, not what I, that's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing okay. something different. You're this, going on. This, a isn't, this isn't about your argument. This is, I'm trying to understand an epistemological, epistemological question here. So we have historical documents. Historical documents do accurately describe lots of things like cities and battles and uh, emperors and people in charge and tax violations, all kinds of stuff. They have lots and lots and lots of correct historical facts that can be verified. Mm -hmm. And they have things like Cyclopses and Mermaids and Hercules and Romulus and Remus. Is the fact that they got some of the historical facts correct evidence of Romulus and Remus? It, it could be, but we also need evidence of Romulus and Reason, Remus's existence. So. Yes, I totally agree. That's a great right. argument. So the fact that uh, the books say there's this God that created the universe really old time ago and their own universe is really old, that's not evidence of the God unless you can give independent evidence of the God. Well, the, the independent evidence of that guy, it, that's why I'm a Christian, but we're, we're not, we're not here to talk about that. I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, how, how, how can you independently get observational evidence of, 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 uh, of, uh, a hypernatural being? It's pretty easy. You just novel testable predictions. Like for example, you could say, I believe in this super hypernatural being, as you put it. And if I, pray to this hypernatural being, he will generate a gold brick in front of me. We pray, gold brick appears, there is evidence of the hypernatural being. Or I just talking to a Hare Krishna a few days ago, and they have the example of, if you say the Hare Krishna verse, uh, whatever it's called, you can speak to animals and convince them to stop and move and whatever. So if you could say the Hare Krishna verse, and if you believe in this Hare Krishna God, if you could actually then talk to animals and make them do stuff, that would be good evidence of this super hypernatural being there. So any testable predictions would work. Sure. But what if the characteristics of that guy doesn't work that way? What if that guy just doesn't care about you praying? Then what? You, you could, that's up to you. So you would have to say, yeah. like, you have this hypothesis. You believe there is this hypernatural being. And so you have to kind of find a way to show this being exists outside of your imagination, not just in your imagination. If your and, God can't do and, that, well, then we have no reason to believe it's not imaginary and we can include your God's imaginary. Well, and that's why we're having this discussion. So I'm, I'm laying out my evidence and, um, well, yeah, so, so the, the evidence you laid out so far was just people make up stories that the universe is old. The universe is old. Therefore the stories are likely correct. That was your argument. No. So my, my argument is that uh, these creation texts, talk about the characteristics of this God enjoying, they they enjoy creating over long periods of time. The universe and, 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 and a majority of the things in it um, were created over a long period of time. And it's very coincidental how Genesis account and other, other accounts talk about God creating over long epochs. The universe was, we we find out that- How the is that not literally what I just said? So, Be, so, what I said so, was, so there are so, stories so, that the universe is old right? Mm -hmm. And the universe is actually old. So the stories are correct that the universe is old. We found out that the universe was old. That's what right. I'm saying. We, 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 now we have the evidence. And what I'm saying is that, so, you know, it's, it would be the, it would be in the same category as the Greek philosophers. They, th they first theorized about uh, atoms. If you didn't know, so God, Greek philosophers first theorized by atoms. And then thousands of years after Greek philosophers are discussing and debating about atoms and, and their robes thousands of years later now we find out that atoms actually do exist 
thousands of years prior to us independently finding out that the universe is epochs of years old, peep the philosophers and uh, theologians, they already were arguing these things in their robes. So that's what, what what's the alternative there? So let's say you're you're a, a pygmy in the pygmy tribe of uh Malaysia or whatever, and you're going to come up with a story about what how, what created the universe. Like, are you going to say it was created five minutes ago? Like you were just popped into existence, or are you going to say, you know, I've been alive. I have these parents, and they have their parents, and there's this old tribe leader, and he's really old, and he talks about his parents. Maybe this goes back a little ways. Probably it was. It's a pretty old Earth. That's maybe maybe that's how it was. Like so, there's there's not really a lot of options here either. It was created really soon ago like what the bible and you know, abrahamic books say or it was created really long ago like what hinduism says um you don't really have many options there it's kind of like a 50 50 um this is not really impressive many religions predicted young many religions predicted old some of them are going to be right yeah, so the 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 teleology of their argument it's not just that the universe is over that's it but they're 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 attributing uh, a god to 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 this old universe and this guy enjoys creating over long periods of time but but that's that is one of the that's one of the evidence i lay out um and i think it's convincing you cannot you cannot think it's convincing obviously but i think it's i think it's i think is one evidence that is convincing and it is compelling but also the fact that like i said with with um why, with, why is that compelling like for example if we said like the most accurate religion on the age of the earth is hinduism hinduism said the earth is 4.5 billion years old they were about close they're the closest one of any religions that isn't i mean do you think that's evidence hinduism is true that's a very i mean that's one evidence in his favor okay and yeah you should convert to hinduism then um sure yeah um but no that, that's that's one evidence in the favor okay so now we have some more pieces of evidence that we need to lay out and I mean, that's pretty much it. So I like, obviously in this conversation, like you're not going to lead this conversation and be an evangelical Christian praising Jesus. Obvi obviously not. But the, the, if you brought evidence, I would like, if you actually had real evidence, sure. I mean, that like re religious conversions, uh, take, take time, take years sometimes. So because there's many evidence of a God, if there was, it'd be real queasy. Like, well, no, I said, if I believed in a God and I said, God was real and I can convince you really easily. All you have to do is pray to the God, say these magic words, and a gold brick appears in front of you every single time. You would be pretty convinced the God is real. Yeah, but that's not how, if there is a God, that's not how that God works. Right. So there's no way to differentiate your God from imagination because there's no evidence. That's kind of the point. Like if there was evidence, it'd be really easy to convert people. You just give them the evidence, just like you can give them the evidence the world is round. Convince most people really quickly. Well, there, there's different kinds of evidence too. There's so like there's abstract evidence and then there's concrete evidence. That's why we that's why that's why we're talking about these arguments. Um, you know, there's only one kind of evidence, and that's the evidence that indicates the truth of a proposition over its falsehood. So there's not multiple kinds of evidence there. Which which can be given in the proposition of arguments. So some things cannot. Some things are not observational. They're philosophical. Some things are mathematical. There there are different types of uh, there are tip, there are different types of truths in the world. There's mathematical truths. There's yeah, there's truths. the stuff in our head and the stuff in the reality independent of our head. Those are the two kinds. So if you're just saying about mathematical truths, yes, you can show that with purely propositional logic, but you cannot use propositional logic to conclude something exists outside of your imagination in reality. That you no, it, has, it has to actually exist. I, I'm 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 agreeing with you. It, ha it has to actually exist in reality in the no. real world. No, no. So you can't use propositional logic to 
show something does exist in the real world. You can't, that's not reasonable. Propositional logic cannot be evidence that something exists independent of your imagination in the world. Like you can't use logic to conclude apples exist. You need empirical evidence that apples exist. Yeah, but a apples are a concrete thing. They're they're not an abstract thing. They're they're concrete. Right. Are, are you are you you're not understanding what I'm saying? So with with abstract things, right? You have to argue up to them. With concrete uh, things, you argue down to them. It's uh, abduction and deduction. No. So um, <laughs> deduction and induction, but. Abduction is just affirming the consequence. Abduction is literally a, a fallacy. It's just affirming the consequence, so it doesn't work. But just try to make this as simple as possible. There's there's stuff in your imagination and there's stuff in reality. And you need some kind of evidence to differentiate between the two. If you think like numbers are in your imagination, well, then all you need is imaginary evidence. Like you can say one plus one equals two. Okay, that's fine. That's perfectly good to justify numbers. But if you want to say that something exists in the world, in reality, independent of your imagination, you can't just use your imagination as evidence. You need to reference something in the world. So if I said apples exist, no philosophical argument is ever going to justify apples existing because I'm claiming they exist outside of my imagination. And it doesn't matter if I'm apples or unicorns or if I say there is a platonic abstract object that exists outside of my imagination, no propositional logic is going to justify that. You need some evidence outside of your imagination. I'm agreeing with you. You're, you're preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> okay, well, that would apply to God too. So until you can provide some kind of empirical verification, there's no evidence of the God. So... It, it, it applies to most things, but not everything because because every everything in the universe is not concrete. There are things that are abstract. Like you can't go to the refrigerator and get me a bottle of logic, right? Remember, remember so, so there's stuff in our imagination and stuff in reality. Those are the only two categories. There's stuff in our imagination, stuff in reality. Abstracts are just in our oh, imagination. There, there, are, there are things in reality that are not concrete. They are not, they're, they're not observational, but they do exist like logic. Like logic is in our heads. Logic is in imagination. Logic actually does exist. <laughs> no. Standard so, encyclopedia philosophy, classical logic, very first sentence. Logic is a formal language consistent of a semantics and a formal system of, of rules. It's literally a language like English. So you don't think logic actually does exist? No, I just, I just quoted you this first sentence of the Stanford Encyclopedia Philosophy on what logic literally is. It's a it's a language like English. So English doesn't exist, it's just something humans made up. Logic doesn't exist, it's just something humans made up but it describes something that exists, which is reality. Like if I say the tree exists, those words, the English, the tree exists, that's just made, humans have made that up. But the tree exists independently of us. So logic and math are the words, like English, just the tree exists. The words don't exist, but they describe something that does, which is reality. So logic and math are just languages like English. They don't exist independent of human minds. Well, human humans discover logic. We didn't we didn't create logic. Logic we literally created it. We no. literally created it. You, literally, logic logic exists outside of independent human thought, or else, or else people wouldn't be able to have a conversation. No, you can have a conversation just fine with logic. Like again, oh. there's multiple logics. So you have there's not just one logic. There's lots of different logics. Like there's different languages. Uh, you have intuitionistic logic, many valued logic, quantum logic, fuzzy logic, standard logic. Lots of different kinds of logics that all don't agree with one another. And you can speak in all of them to people and have different conversations with you're perfectly fine. And they disagree on things like the laws of logic, uh, standard 
law of identity, law of non-contradiction, law of excluded middles, many of the logics reject, reject those things. So no, there isn't like a logic. There's a whole bunch of different logics invented by a whole bunch of different people and any of them could correspond to reality and they're all just in people's heads. They're, they're not a thing that exists in reality. It's just a language. Literally, that's the quote I gave you is this first sentence of the experts in philosophy just telling you this, logic is a form of language. First okay, sentence. Well, I'll, I'll have to take your word for that. But w w with that with that being the case, right, we all have to agree on certain things. So in, in, in order in order for us to even have this conversation, we, all, we have to agree on certain propositions and, 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 and certain. Uh, 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 sure. Yeah. So, uh, man, this is tiring, Tom. This is tiring. So with, with, with that being the case, I'm, I'm going to move on to my next piece of evidence for evolution and God. So you're, you're about to say something. No. Oh. So um when you look in the New Testament, Jesus, uh the, the story about Jesus talking to the disciples and they needed to pay taxes. And give unto uh, Caesar what is Caesar's. No, that's not where I'm going. Okay. Um <laughs> so then uh they needed money to pay taxes, and so Jesus says, Go to the lake and go uh fish, uh go put your net, go put your fishing rod over your over, over the boat, and you're gonna find a fish. And uh, then you'll be able to pay your taxes. So they're like, I don't know what he's talking about. Let's go. Let's look for this fish. Let's let's go see. So they go to get into the boat. They get into the lake. Uh, I think they're in like what? No, not the Sea of Galilee. They're in they're in some lake. So they go. They take their fishing rod. They um, pull the fish up out out the lake. And there's a coin in his mouth. Now, think about how more than likely that fish just didn't, it didn't pop out of nowhere i mean it could have but that's really unlikely that's not how reality works things don't just pop into existence so the a, a more rational approach is that fish um had descendants and those descendants had descendants and there was a long evolutionary line that that fish came from before that fish got to that boat and so that's what i mean when i say it seems like god likes to enjoy you know, creating things or interacting with creation over long epochs of time. Um, may, what does that have to do with the story of the coin? You weren't listening, Tom. <laughs> I'm trying to follow your argument here. Definitely not following. So, okay. so, so, in in the same way that the universe, right, is is really old, and and and, and you know, God created the universe what 13.8 billion years ago. That fish didn't just pop out of existence. That fish had descendants, right? And those descendants of, of that fish had descendants. And, th and so the purpose of that evolutionary line of that fish was to get that coin to, you know, those disciples at that moment in time. So it was a, you're about to say something. Yeah. A better explanation is somebody made the story up. Um, that That's much easier than purposeful evolution of fish that got coin in mouth. Like even if it did happen, like the coins well, well, or fish but, but, shiny but things how, all the time. How do you know somebody made the story up though? Um that's most likely what happened. Like if miracles magic they're all not supported. They're just because that, oh, how 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 was that magic? There's nothing in the story that's supernatural at all. Like it's not like nothing about that story is supernatural. There was a coin, there was a fish. They went fishing. There was a coin in his mouth. That was highly improbable. That's not supernatural at all. Yeah, sure. Maybe he just got lucky and there was a coin, a fish who ate something shiny and it was a coin and they got lucky. And Sure. Sure. But, 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 but it's more likely that they made the story up because we see people making stories up all the time. 
so the so okay that same line of reasoning is how conspiracy theorists think the government has lied therefore the government lies about everything you should be a conspiracy theorist tom no i'm going to go with the consensus of historians and biblical scholars who hold to it that the study of miracle claims lies outside the bound of a Historian reacting in their professional capacity, Michael Lacona, uh, Historians of Miracle Claims, paper by 1997, something, blah, blah, blah. So the consensus in history is that any of those kinds of claims are most likely just made up and added later, I think. So that's not that's really- not a miracle claim. Like, I don't, there's nothing miraculous about I didn't that. say miracle claim. So those kinds of claims are just not supported in history. So most of those kinds of stories are just made up, like the stories of Hercules. Hercules isn't miraculous in any way. There's just- spectacular stories of him killing a bull or whatever, a big bull, a really big one. Like that's not miraculous, but it's probably made up. Sure, but I'm not talking about Hercules. Yes, you're making you you're talking about a different story where something very strange happened that is most likely just made up by a bunch of people in a book. Sure. I mean pr- it probably was made up, but we don't have any reason to believe it was. Uh except the fact that it's not reasonable to believe that's pretty good evidence that it's made I, up I, I mean what you what's better is somebody could say i don't know if it did necessarily happen but that that's 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 not that's not even what i'm arguing i'm i'm arguing is based based off of that account based off of that story it just it just seems very um coincidental to me how uh, you know, this fish over long periods of time, it was it was used for this purpose. And the universe itself was made over long periods of time, which I believe was for the benefit and purpose of us humans. So God created billions and billions of fish over 13 or however many billions of years so that one particular fish would eat a coin and then give the coin to the apostles so they could pay their taxes when he could have just like given them a coin, like just snapped his fingers and done it. No, but he created billions of fish, caused them to die miserable deaths where they suffered and got eaten by sharks. And all of that was so that this one fish could have this one coin and give it to the apostles so they could pay the taxes. Well, yeah, that, that one fish had its particular purpose, but other fish and other humans and other organisms, they all have their own purpose. Um, and in like, in the evolutionary scheme of things, sure. Like being eaten by sharks and ripped apart and eaten by humans and destroyed life, suffering all the time, miserable lives, eaten by parasites. That's their purpose. Yep. <laughs> and it is 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 nothing necessarily bad about that. That's nature. Like that's that's how that's how the universe works. I, like it's not a bad thing. Um I give you I give you example A of why this is definitely not a good God. Evidence of a good God. So overall, the, the, the creation is optimal. It works. Um, I mean, de- death, death is a part of life. I mean, even even God gave his son, Jesus, uh, in death for us humans. So, I mean, like that de- death isn't necessarily a horrible, evil thing. That's a part of life. It's natural. People, people live, people die. Um, that's- There's this great story, the parable of the dragon by Nick Bostrom. It's, it's a great proof of why that's wrong so death is definitely immoral because it's non-consensual so if you die without your consent that's immoral like so if god created this universe and added death and forced you to be in it and you don't have an option to say i'd rather not have death that's immoral well that that's a whole nother argument in of itself but if, if, if we're gonna go down that line so it is argued by Leibniz that this is the best possible universe that god could have created um there is so would, would you agree that God can exist and not exist at the same time. 
Sure. Okay. So would you also agree that if God exists, there are things that God can't do? Sure. Okay. So one thing that God being perfect, being eternal, God cannot create a perfect universe from the start. And the reason being is if 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 Yahweh, if God creates another perfect universe, he in essence is creating another Yahweh. So he has a better idea. He creates a universe that becomes perfect. Uh, God creates a universe that can create itself. And over, well, not over time, but now that this universe is slowly evolving and slowly changing, et cetera, which, 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 by the way, if evolution isn't true, this isn't directly towards you, but if evolution isn't true, younger creationists, um, then Jesus wouldn't be able to die for us on the cross if evolution weren't true. Um, cause in order for Jesus to redeem the cosmos, he has to be thermally connected to the universe. Um, which if, if evolution is true, uh, we're all connected. If aliens are, if aliens are, if aliens exist, uh, aliens can be saved. Um, younger creationists, cause I know Ken Ham says that aliens can't be saved if they do exist. I don't believe that, but time to look on your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that Jesus has to be thermally connected to save our souls while he's being sacrificed on a, on a wooden cross by the Romans. Clearly God couldn't have just snapped his fingers and done it. Or just maybe, maybe Jesus could have like slipped and fallen and hit his head on a rock. That could have worked too, but no, it had to be crucifixion and he had to be thermally connected apparently, which can only happen because of evolution somehow. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that follows um, exactly the way you think it does. Well, it's, it's not, it's not traditional Christian theology, but based off, based off of what we know now, I'm, 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 I'm looking at the evidence and I'm finding a theological philosophical purpose in it, which, which, which is completely fine. Um, and, and so with that being the case, now that God, he creates the universe that can create itself, right? Um, he then can, uh, th there's this, ain't, there's this Greek thought called theosis where, Things become he, like he God. said. He creates a universe that can create itself. He creates a universe that can create itself. How does that work? So if uh, if that, he created the universe, mm -hmm. then the universe exists. Mm -hmm. So it can't create itself. That can that can more or less like because evolution and all the they're they're not creating things like from brand new, but they it grows, it changes. He he creates a universe that can change. He lets he lets the evolution of the universe play out, how, however that may be. In the same way, how you can make a computer program, you can let a computer program randomly play out. Um, but with with that being the case, so your your question was why why do, why does the universe exist or something like that? Oh, why why how come God can't just create a perfect universe from the start? Um, so what will so ah, there's this ancient Greek thought called theosis, and in theosis, right. You become like God. You become perfect, right? And so one day the universe will be perfect. One day the universe, um, one day God will redeem the cosmos unto Himself. So He couldn't create a perfect universe. You can't. You can't create an eternal thing, a, a perfect thing, um, because then He would have to create another God. He can't. He can't. He, he can't create another Yahweh. He's unique. So what He does something better. He creates a universe independent of Himself that can break down, that does have death, that does have suffering. So in the long scheme of things, he can make the universe a part of himself through this process called theosis. This is like ancient, like Greek theology right here, but there's the answer. 
Okay, so could God have given each person their own universe and having they each have free will in their own universe? I have no idea. I don't know. So God created one universe with trillions of planets, right? Mm-hmm. And he's all powerful, so he can create a universe with trillions of planets, right? Mm-hmm. So he could have like given each of us a planet, right? But sure, let's let's say that. Sure, maybe. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Where are you going with this? So if he could have given each of us a planet where we can't be forced to do anything, or we can't be forced to do anything we don't consent to, that would be a morally better world than the one we live in. But he didn't do it. So obviously either he's immoral or incompetent. Well, like I said, there are things that God can't do. Leibniz's argument is that this this universe is the best possible universe that we could have lived in. Yes, I'm familiar with Leibniz's best of all possible worlds, and it's completely insane. But the, <laughs> so clearly God could have done some things differently. Like he, he could have stopped that one tornado or hurricanes. Sure. Sure. And that would have made the world morally better, but he didn't. So he's obviously not moral. Sure. Uh, but in the in the long scheme of things, in the in the evolutionary process of things, let's say God does stop that one tornado, you know, back in time. It could be that if God stopped one particular thing from happening in the timeline, who knows, maybe Jesus would have never died on the cross for us. Maybe, maybe you might not have been born. I, who who knows? I think every the reason why things happen the way they do is because that's the way it had to be. Now, th- I mean, there isn't any way we can actually test this, but this is philosophy. So, so, so there's no way anything could ever be different. It's exactly the way it's only it's the only way it could be. No, it, no, no, things could have been different, but this the 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 timeline of reality that me and you both live in. This is the best possible timeline we could have been in or or else god would have done things differently so it's impossible for god to have done anything differently it's not impossible but this is the this is the best way or else it wouldn't have played out the the in the grand scheme of way in the grand scheme that god wanted things to play out so so, so whatever, whatever that means. okay so if this is the way god wanted it to play out and god wanted hitler to kill millions of jews God is immoral. I don't think God is immoral. Um, and I also don't think God wanted necessarily Hitler to kill millions of Jews. But in, in, in the same way that sharks kill their prey and you know, all these other horrible things happen in nature, um, it's, it's more or less, think of it as like, it's a, it's a means to an end, um, pretty much. Uh-huh. That's a pretty, pretty, the means to an end argument is used a lot by uh, Stalin. Um, but so God drowned millions of babies, but that was a means to an end. That's not immoral. Um, are you referring to the flood story? Yes. Uh, I don't believe the flood happened, but I mean, sure. Let's go with that. I mean, okay. Uh, flood didn't happen. Sodom and Gomorrah, that happened. Yeah, I think that happened. Sure. Let's, okay, God let's... killed millions of babies in Sodom and Gomorrah or probably not millions, probably thousands, thousands Thousands of babies in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was for a purpose. So that's moral. Um, depending on what their purpose was, what um, what does the purpose matter? Like if you, if it's, if your purpose is to save humanity and you kill millions of babies, is that moral? Yes, I think, I think it is. Or else we all wouldn't be here. We would all be dead. 
Yeah, so that's the least immoral thing you could do. Like if sure. you were powerful, you could just save everyone and not kill the babies. That would be the moral thing to do. Uh, but killing the babies to save everybody else would be the least immoral thing you could do. So, but it's not moral. Sure, but in a so in a world where we have laws of physics and laws of decay and things like that, um, I don't think it's it's I don't one I don't think it's immoral for God to allow the laws of physics to play out. And I don't think it's immoral for God to, or I, let's let's go at that line of reason. That's 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 the least moral thing that God could do. So I mean, I, either way, I, I I don't have a problem with it. I mean, like I said, that's life. So if if God did the least immoral thing He could do, that still means He's immoral because that's the least immoral thing out of the realm of possibilities. And I I I, I wouldn't th I wouldn't think that's immoral. That's that's the least immoral thing you can do, but that's the best possible justice that you can do as well. Sure, but that means yeah. that it's immoral. No, it's not immoral because you, you're doing the best that you can do. That's the best choice out of the realm of the possibilities. Best choice is to destroy cities with thousands of babies, and that's not immoral. Depending on the reasoning. <laughs> Okay, if you think I mean, that, in, that works. In, in, in the same sense where God God forbid, let's say you had a little like Taliban child and you're in your in your cardboard box with a bomb strapped to his chest. I mean, it would be the least moral thing to do, sadly, is to take out that child with the bomb on his chest. Or we could just not kill the child at all, and like you and you know, the Taliban child could be blowing the smithereens. I mean that. No, no, the moral thing to do would just be to disarm the bomb and save the child. And not pull the, 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 I mean, yeah. If I'm all powerful, I can do it. Not a problem. I, I don't even need to be all powerful. I just need a bomb diffuser. I can do it. So um, the fact that you think an all powerful God couldn't do that, couldn't diffuse the bomb and save us both means your God is very strange, um, very silly that he's all powerful, but he couldn't diffuse the bomb and save the child and the person. But we can. So if, if well, we can do are, it, there, there are things speaking of that, I, I will say, like, like I said before, there are things that God can't do. And so with God creating the laws of nature, he's made a covenant with those laws. So, you know, maybe there isn't anything in the laws of nature that will allow God to do that at, at that moment. Um, okay, so God can't defuse the bomb, but we can defuse the bomb. So we're more powerful than God. Um, maybe at that moment, God can't, you know, put anything in the system to defuse the bomb. But we can, so we're more powerful than God. Well, I mean, if, if you get to it in time, but sure, God, God could defuse the bomb. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about you, a Taliban child with a bomb strapped to his chest, and police officers or FBI agents, whoever bomb, bomb diffusers. I mean, the 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 best possible. Maybe thing if we can get it. back on topic, that'd be great. No. Oh. So with that, what what is the topic? Oh yeah, the evolution thing. So, um. Man, we, we, we went on a long tangent. Praise, how much time do we have, by the way? Uh, another doing? 10 to 20 minutes. If you guys want to end it short, we could go to Super Chats, but we don't have many, though. So it's up no. to how you guys want to do that. Okay. I'm happy to go to Super Chats. Let me see. So, is it, Wayne, do you want to do you have any finishing comment or conclusion or T-Jump, either one of you guys? Um, Not really. Well, what, I'm, I'm looking at the comments. Somebody said, God created the bomb. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so um my my finishing comments would be uh this debate was it was it was all in fun i honestly 
I chose to do this debate because, like I said, I always see Christians arguing against evolution and atheists using evolution as 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 as, as like a backpedal against God. So I I, I figured we do something different because I'm just I'm tired of seeing Ken Hovind on here. And I'm also tired of seeing an evangelical fundamentalist on here. So I said, you know, what? let me just come out here and do something different. I'm not I'm not the best debater in the world, but hey, might as well give it a shot. Um, but I, I, I definitely do think there are good evidences. There are good reasons to believe in God. And I will say um, if somebody is out there struggling with their faith when it comes to evolution, evolution has nothing to do with a God or gods at all. Evolution is simply a scientific explanation to explain how things change. And, you know, whether a God or gods or deities or anything has anything to do with that, um, you can come to your own conclusion on that. But younger creationism has made more atheists than any scientist or atheist can ever do. And I will fight younger creationism tooth and nail. So but it's been an honor to uh, be here and talk with you guys and maybe we can do it again. Yeah, you should debate young earth creationists next time. That would be entertaining. Yeah. Appreciate that conclusion there, Wayne Fillmore. So we got a couple super chats, and you guys feel free to jump on in. Let's see here. <clears throat> Our first super chat is from Stupid Horror Energy for ten dollars. Thank you. Uh, S. I'm not gonna call her that name. Uh, S. W. E. <laughs> and she says evolution can result in some genes and a fetus to become female, so that. A lot of her eggs will be defective. Some genes want to protect chromosomes from damage, while others want to break them. If you guys want to respond to that, go ahead. Is that a question, or was that just like her just stating a science fact? Yeah, I think that's just a, a comment. No. We'll just go to the next one. Let's see. This is from the Crawdaddy029 for $5. Thank you for your super chat. T-Jump, while on your side for this debate, just because something has not been proven does not mean it's imaginary. OJ wasn't proven to kill the ex. Uh, law isn't proof in the scientific sense. So if you can't show, if you don't have evidence something happened outside of your imagination, then yes, it's reasonable to include it's imaginary until you can actually show it exists outside of your imagination. Thank you for your response. And this is uh, another super chat from Stupid Blank Energy for $5. And she says, cancer arises and spreads by Darwinian process of mutation selection. Why would an omnipotent God create through such much pain and suffering? So I guess that's directed at you, Wayne, if you want to answer that. So, yes, um, there there are a lot of things in this world, especially with evolution, that results in pain and stuff. I mean, just be just because of the laws of physics. Right. Somebody jumps out of the window and gravity pulls them down and they die. Um, so, I mean, in the same way, that's just the result of living in a world where we have physics um, and evolution is a process that obviously it works through laws of physics, laws, laws of decay. And, you know. Why, why are there things like cancer? Sure, cancer is bad. The viruses, diseases are necessarily they're bad. But in the long run of things, God uses this process of evolution, like I said before, so that Jesus can be connected to us, so that Jesus can be born of a human, 
So they're all, you know, life, life form and other organisms can all be uh, related. So um, it's kind of like a double edged sword is it's, it's bittersweet in a sense. And so, yes, those things are terrible and I'm not negating that, but there can even be good out of that. And so the way I see it, I think God uses evolution and the laws of physics in the in the bigger picture to bring people to himself, to redeem the cosmos unto himself and for his bigger plan. Great response. You want to respond to that T-Jump? Uh, what was the question? Why is there so much um, suffering? If an omni- Why would an omnipotent God allow so much suffering through the Darwinian mutation selection, etc.? Because he's evil and likes to cause suffering. So, okay, so this one is from Caleb for $2. Thank you for your super chat. He might be a little uh, trolling here a little bit, but T-Jump, why you scurred to debate praise? Oh! Because I don't want any more for my brain cells to be lost. I'm like... <laughs> Well, actually, this Thursday, that's going to happen, I believe, as far as I know. James set it up. I know... Uh, oh, is that the 2v2 with Skylar? Yep, yep. I'm going to bring it, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so no, this... Uh, Sunflower for $5. Thank you for your super chat. Let it be known that today several atheists were triggered upon being informed of the f- that first world non-religious birth rates are at catastrophic lows. So you, I'm guessing that's probably directed at T-Jump, but you both can respond to that if you want. Actually, birth rates for pretty much every society is going down. Even Islamic birth rates are down by, I think, 8 or 9% since the past like 10 or 15 years. So everyone's birth rates goes down when technology goes up. That's just a fact of reality. Like if you have uh, higher survivability rates for children, then you don't need to have 20 kids and hope and five of them survive. So when technology goes up and you're guaranteed that your child is going to survive for the most part, uh, you don't need to have as many kids. It doesn't lead, leads to less birth rates. So it's true everywhere in the world. Thank you for your response. So this is the last super chat we have tonight, which is amazing. We usually have a lot more, but it's from experiments in prebiotic chemistry for $20. Thank you for your super chat. Just wanted everyone to know an artificial photosynthetic cell has been created in the lab by man. But wait! I thought that life can only arise from a supernatural cause. Ha ha! I guess that's a comment, but you guys can respond to that if you want. Mm, Photosynthesis is the process of converting light to energy. That doesn't mean life. So the fact that we created an artificial photosynthetic cell doesn't mean we created a living cell. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah, and also, like, I will say that anything we do in a lab, obviously, uh, we're we're recreating the same uh, environmental pressures and conditions. And if if we were to recreate any type of uh, biological life in the lab, then it would be synonymous with actual life being created uh, in the in the uh, prebiotic earth or, or uh, the ancient earth. It wouldn't, but it wouldn't necessarily have anything to do with a god necessarily. Uh, that's that's outside of the realm of science. It's it's irrelevant. Gotcha. So that that concludes the super chats right now. Um, 
you know, I think we're probably going to shut her down here in the next minute or so if no one gets any more super chats. Uh, is there anything you guys want to end with? Any um, remarks about the debate? Do you have anything coming up or do you just want to shut her down? It's up to you guys. Uh, sounds good to me. I'm going to get some food. Yeah. So, uh, debate was pretty fun or discussion pretty fun at either, either one. Um, but uh, with with that being the case, I I'll, I'll go back to um, T Jump's uh, point he made. He said um, until he said something about in, until until you can prove anything, it's imaginary or something. T Jump, what did you say? Imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. It's imaginary until demonstrated otherwise. Um, I, I I think the person who brought up the thing about OJ, I think I think that was funny, but also pretty accurate. Accurate. Um, I. I don't think that is the case. I don't think something is imaginary until demonstrated. Otherwise, you might not have enough evidence for it, but um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. You can posit something and just not have enough evidence for it to be considered true. Um, so I, I do think the God hypothesis, I, I don't think people will ever be able to, to necessarily prove that God, except for in a, in a, in a Christian worldview, um, but I, I think th- the better argument should be, um, something, a position may be weak until you bring further evidence for it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen or it's not true. So, uh, thank you very much. There's waiting for that concluding remark on the debate, but you have actually a question that came in. So for Wayne, this is from pepper talks. How do you decide which stories are factual and which are fictional? So I go based on uh, how the ancient authors interpreted the Bible. So you you do when you do Semitic studies, you find out um, what the authors believed about different things and, and 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 also the language. So I'll give you an example: at the Adam and Eve account um, in in your American Bible, there are certain things in the language that it doesn't have. So Adam in the Hebrew, it can mean a man, or it can mean the humans, uh, Ha-Adam. Now, my name is not the Wayne. My name is Wayne. So a lot of times in the Genesis account, um, you have the um, the man, uh, Ha-Adam. So Adam isn't necessarily a name. Um, then you look at uh, things like, for example, in the book of Job. I don't think the book of Job is historical. But we have uh, we have these, these, these uh, sentences again and again where it says, and I alone have escaped to tell you, and I alone have escaped to tell you. You see this in, in Genesis too. And then God said, let there be light. When you see repeating sentences like that over and over again, that usually means in ancient Hebrew, uh, it's a poem. So it, it, it depends on um, what the ancient authors thought. You, you, you want to look at the language and you want to look at the, uh, the culture to see um, what they believed about the stories or not, or how, how would an ancient person communicate something allegorical to their audience? I don't care what a 21st century younger creationist or 21st century evangelical thinks. I care about what the first century authors believed about the text. So if they believed it was true, would you believe it? Um, they probably did believe it was true, but not in the same way we believe. No, it's no, true. no. Like if, if, the ancient authors thought the story was true and you can show that bad the way they wrote it. Would you believe that it was true because they thought it was true? Sure. I, I would believe it's true. And, and I do. So like, so like I, I, I believe the Genesis story is true, but not in the same way people today. So like 
Genesis Genesis is a mythos. It's an allegory. It's supposed to it's supposed to relate how people are separated from God because of our sin. I think that's true. Awesome. So I think that's probably going to end it here. Unless anyone has any last questions they want to ask real quick, and we'll probably shut her down here. I guess not. Okay, so I appreciate everyone uh, engaging in the chat tonight and throw their super chats and our interlocutors. Oh, we just got a super chat from Dave Gar. Nice work tonight, everyone, in including praise. I enjoy. Well, thank you, Dave. That was a uh, uh, nice compliment there. Appreciate that. We also appreciate your super chat. Um, you guys want to respond to that or? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to shut her down now. Keep sifting the reasonable from the unreasonable. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.